This is Kelly Clarkson. If you love awesome music, then you also have a soft spot for TV's number one singing competition, The Voice. This season, it'll be bigger and better than ever with Adam Blake, Jennifer Hudson, and the reigning champ, moi. I've won The Voice six times. There is life beyond Blake. I want to be a cowboy. I can do all that too. Your turn, Blake. <laughs> Watch Team Kelly on The Voice. Not to brag, but I am the returning champ. Followed by the premiere of Manifest tonight on NBC. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the sex rap. Okay, three, two, one. Hi, welcome to the sex rap. This is Spring. And this is Andrew. And today we're recording a great episode I'm super excited about. And um, we're just changing our format a little bit from the first couple episodes. Um, on those episodes, we were focusing on a topic with a few questions around that topic. Now we're going to focus in um, for the rest of our episodes on one question only and just really get into it a little bit more. So Andrew, do you want to tell us what the question of the day is? Yeah, so a question that I've gotten a lot of times that people ask me pretty consistently um, is, what would you tell your 16-year-old self about love and sex and relationships? And it makes me think about who I was when I was 16 and the kind of things that I was doing. So, Spring, what would you tell your 16-year-old self? And then I'll tell you what I would say. (laughs) Um, When I was 16, I had... um, held hands with a member of the other sex, and that was about it. Um, I had not been on a date. I was not really interested in going on dates or even uh, kissing boys or girls. I, I was very not there yet. I was a very late bloomer. I didn't even uh, kiss like with tongue until I was... 18 closer to 19 maybe (laughs) i mean (laughs) what were you doing when you were 16 andrew oh my goodness when i was 16 i had a girlfriend and i had a boyfriend and i was uh trying to work through all of those various issues as a teenager and i was having problems saying yes and i was having problems saying no i was all over the place so when i think back to the advice i would give my 16 year old self it's a pretty big list of things um but i think (laughs) all kinds of fun stuff um yeah. And some of them are just about how you build confidence and some of the things just be about like how to express yourself with another person and what's important and what's not important. I don't know. It's all over the place. Yeah. I think that one of the things that I would have told myself was just that it was okay to not be interested in any form of sexuality yet. And, um, a lot of my friends were experimenting a little more and I knew, I only knew of a couple people that were having sex. I'm sure a lot more of my friends were, they probably just didn't talk to me about it because I wasn't there yet. Um, and it's, I never really felt pressure to do anything, but I think that I would have liked more assurance to know that I was on a normal track as well. 
Yeah. Uh, it, I, a lot of the things that I have to talk about, what I would tell myself are things about being pressured. And one of the things that came to mind is like, no, in and of itself is a complete sentence and it doesn't need a justification and you don't have to feel bad about it. If you don't feel like doing something, you can just say no. Um, I can't all of the time I spent in coffee shops or uh, going on walks or dates with people where I really just wanted to say no. No is okay. So letting people know that no is a complete sentence, no justification required. Did you say no and then you went anyway? So my saying of no was always couched in terms of maybe like there was always it was never that definitive statement of no. I, if I felt bad about something, if I felt pressured into it by friend groups, if I felt like I had to do something um, and it, it's kind of it kind of goes with some of the other things I would tell myself, like uh, shame really gets in the way of having good relationships and good communication with other people. And there's nothing to be ashamed of as you're building relationships. It's natural, it's normal and healthy. Um, but shame made it hard for me sometimes to say no, especially after I had already engaged in a behavior with someone, like if there was already kissing with someone and I didn't want to continue in that behavior, um, I felt really weird about saying no and setting up those kind of boundaries with the people I was dating in my life. And that's not something that is easy even as people get older. A lot of people can feel pressured to engage in some behavior that they've already done with someone just because you think, oh, I've already done this. I might as well, even if you don't really feel like doing it in that moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I mean, some of these things are kind of embarrassing when I think back to the stories that made me come up with them, like uh, the things I would tell my 16 year old self. Um, I was embarrassed a lot when I was 16. I felt like I was embarrassed about stuff all the time. I'm not talking about binder and from the pant binder in front of the pants. I'm talking about every day all the time. Um, and I would tell myself like, okay, Andrew, stop being embarrassed all of the time. People just don't care enough about you. They're not that worried about you for you to be so embarrassed about all of these things going on in your life. Like it's just not worth my time to be embarrassed. I think, Embarrassment is a real problem because it actually affects a lot of things that we do. And it can affect uh, whether we want to go buy condoms at the store. It can affect whether we want to talk to someone about using condoms or about something that we want to do. And it, so it can actually get in the way of protecting ourselves and uh, doing things that we want or need to do. Like there are all these times in my life where instead of me looking silly or stupid in front of friends, um, I would just try to go with the flow and then have to deal with consequences after the fact. So that feeling of embarrassment just kept getting in the way. And I realize now that nobody else would have actually cared if I would have been a little bit more honest with myself and the people around me. Yeah. And I think that links back to the shame. It gets in the way of fun and of safety, all of those but, different components. So what do we... What do we do, like, to get rid of embarrassment and shame? Like, yeah, I can say don't be embarrassed or don't be ashamed of that or just do what you want, just say what you want. But I think that's all good advice. But how how do we put it into practice? 
for me, it was really about putting good people around me in my life who called me out whenever something was seriously wrong or whenever I was acting out. Um, it was finding good people who were supportive when I needed support. And then whenever I was doing something I shouldn't, they would call me out on it. And as soon as that started happening, that shame and embarrassment was really focused on behaviors that I knew I needed to change rather than this like big umbrella of just feeling ashamed about stuff all the time. I think another thing is um, if we start to involve kind of more talks about uh, dating, relationships, sex, all types of sex, even uh, kissing and the things that are kind of leading to sex sometimes, um, if we talk about those more often and just in a general sense and just bring them up and make it part of everyday conversation, then when it is time to have that conversation with a partner and you're nervous, it can be a lot easier. Um, and so part of it is just kind of normalizing that within your friend group and talking to people about it early and often. And part of it is that practice that you get from actually doing that as well. Yeah, uh, right. So for me, while I was engaging in all kinds of behaviors with people, I really didn't start talking about sex with my friends or my friend groups or relationships or what it meant probably until I was 19 or 20 years old. Those conversations were just not part of my comfort zone. Um, and a lot of that was stemming from embarrassment, like what will happen if I talk about this? And, and I agree, starting those conversations early uh, and having them as frequently as possible. I, I guess that's what I do now. So I think, yeah, I would tell myself, my young self, just just talk about it all, all the time, right? Don't hold back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. What else What else would I tell my young self? Um, something that I used to do pretty frequently um, was confuse someone else's attraction for me as my attraction for them. Because when someone's flattering you, it's really a turn on. It can be really sexy if someone's flattering you. Um, but someone being interested in you is not the same as wanting or even liking them. And I made a lot of mistakes when I was young about confusing flattery, someone else's interest. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've uh, dated people for long periods of time just because they really liked me. Um, and it takes a lot of kind of awareness and uh, knowledge of your own self to be able to realize, oh, wait, I don't actually like them. And sometimes that takes a long time to develop and it can be really difficult to sort that out, whether I really like that person or do I just really like that they like me. And it's separating out all of those kinds of emotions and feelings. Um, and something else that I used to do that's really related to that is uh, like I stuck around in relationships where I was not happy. I just stayed in them for months months beyond when I should have left probably longer than months but oh um and you had I think some I, you had some long-term relationships when you were 16 months I, and months months <laughs> and, I know it's like decades um <laughs> and I would tell myself like when when you're not happy just let go right like we're, yeah. I don't think that just, just let it go if you're not happy and once again, I think I stuck to those relationships because, once again, embarrassment and shame was part of that decision-making. we got to move away from embarrassment and shame. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, part of that is, like, no matter young Andrew, important lesson, you don't deserve to be treated like garbage, right? No matter what kind of past tragedy or abuse someone else has been through, it doesn't give them the right to tell you you're not valuable, right? Get out of there. Let it go. If it's not happy... Oh, it's not going to change. I feel so sad for young Andrew. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, how is all over the place? Uh, well, I'm sure in future episodes we'll get some additional details about some of the things <laughs> that were going on in my life. Ugh. Let's see. <laughs> what else would I tell myself? Do I tell myself anything happy? I don't know yet. No. Um, so I think all of these kind of wrap together in my head. Um, I was afraid of being alone for a long time. Like, yeah. I felt like I, I got so much of my identity from being with other people. And I was pinning my happiness on being a relation, being in a relationship with someone else. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, don't be afraid of being alone. Being single can be pretty awesome. And I didn't learn that until much later. Like, being single is pretty rockin' if you're ready for it. So, that's kind of very different from my experience because I wasn't in any relationships at all and I didn't really feel like I wanted them yet. And so I was just being with myself and being with my friends. And I think that later, once I started being in relationships and I was much older than when I was finally single for the first time in a long time again, and I was um, in my mid twenties and it was, it was shocking and it felt so weird. And I, I felt like I didn't know who I was, but back when I was 16, 17, it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> Total reverse for me. By the time I was in my 20s, I was like, oh, yeah, I got this. I like the single thing. Took a while. I don't know. Um, I do know. And there's one more thing that I would tell myself. And it's something that I would tell my 16-year-old self that I have to remind myself every single day. Um, nobody else knows what they're doing either. Nobody knows what they're doing. We're all completely clueless and blind, and everyone has these weird techniques that they've heard. And at the end of the day, nobody else knows what they're doing. That, that'd be a big lesson. A lot of people are really good at faking it. <laughs> Every single day, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's important to know that, um, especially like in high school, it is very rare that people have a lot of experience. To have a lot of experience in high school is almost impossible. So to have someone act like that is really just them putting that on and they're able to fake it in that way. And knowing that they're faking it, I think, gives you a bit of that power back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so is there anything special that you would tell a young spring, something that would make your life a lot better, your 16-year-old self? Anything else? Um, I, I really just think that, you know, if I knew that it wasn't going to be problematic to start doing things later, like I was kind of worried, like I didn't feel ready to do anything yet when I was in high school, but I kind of felt worried that I would be behind uh, once I did start um, dating. And I just, I kind of wish I had known that I was still on track. Like people start engaging in different sexual behaviors at all different ages. And all of those are normal. Everybody's development is normal. And um, to to realize that I wouldn't be behind in some way so that that wasn't kind of a worry would have been nice. Yeah, it's that whole worry of am I normal and am I doing things that are normal and watching your other friends explore and do you have to do the same things. And that kind of like relates to pre peer pressure that we feel when we're 16 too. Oh. And, and trying to avoid what that feels like or not what that feels like. Avoid acting in ways that you don't want to brings me back to the whole idea of no right yeah no <laughs> yeah, yeah 
Uh, I don't know. So uh, anything else that we want to talk about today? Anything else that we need to let our 16-year-old selves know? Um, I think I tell my 16-year-old self that I was going to be really cool when I was 36. <laughs> I think your 36-year-old self is really cool, too. You're so right. <laughs> that would be nice to know. <laughs> uh, so um, we are at the period, um, and as you know, this is the end of our show, and I have a joke this week instead of you. Do you want to hear what it is? Yes, please. And, th- and this is a joke my 16-year-old self would have loved, so it is terrible. You ready? That's my favorite. Okay, so what comes in quartz? Um, milk? <laughs> Elephants. Oh, that's so gross! <laughs> oh, yeah. Do so. elephants really come in quartz? Now I need to Google this and see how much. <laughs> I do I think so. Well, I've seen bull elephants at the zoo before, and just looking at their uh, anatomy, I would assume that quartz is probably a low estimate. Oh, I feel sick. (laughs) We can post a picture to our social media later. (laughs) Great. Okay. Um, And how can people find us? Uh, So you can email us at thesexwrap at gmail.com. You can call us at... 413-I-RAP-IT. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook as The Sex Rep. So you can get us across all the social media. Um, yeah. You can tweet us and you can ask questions in any of those places. Um, you can always send us questions, comments, feedback, and we would love to put you on the air. Yeah, great. So I uh, hope to see you all next time. That makes no sense at all. See you all on the internet. <laughs> on, on the internet. Okay, a- Bye. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too af- blah, 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 blah.